Hi, I'm Brad Whitchurch. Welcome to Clean Talk. We're here with my guest, Alex Bronstein with W Healthcare Partners. And uh, we're here to talk about all things infection prevention. And uh, Alex, you're on a podcast wearing a mask. How do you feel about that? It uh, feels a little awkward here. Yeah, yeah but appreciate you having me on uh, the show today. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you doing this for us. So um, we're wearing masks because we're here at HIMSS 21 in Las Vegas, Nevada the Healthcare IT Symposium, and the first live healthcare event of the year. HIMSS has put the mask mandate in place for us, um, and they've had some other uh, best practice procedures that they've implemented as well. Yep. I believe they're the first trade show uh, to mandate vaccination, so we've all been vaccinated. Correct. I know they're using extra air filtration uh, methods within the, the, uh, the hall here, and uh, we've got the Seal Shield electric wave disinfection stations position throughout the trade show floor to help disinfect mobile devices. How do you feel about the infection control procedures that have been put in place here at HIMSS? I mean, as a, as a, I'll just say broadly speaking, a consumer who's, you know, walking around the show here looking for, you know, potential investment opportunities. I mean, it, it does reassure me that, you know, um, HIMSS has gone above and beyond kind of what is expected of them to basically make people feel comfortable to attend shows. I know there was a lot of probably people who were hesitant to come to these shows. I had a lot of meetings. I had a few meetings that, um, you know, some guys were canceled, canceling their their um, their meetings with me because they were afraid of the Delta variant. Understandable. Um, other people were concerned about kind of the traffic, the foot traffic, which is down, you know, noticeably from prior years. But I think, you know, this is. Uh, I'm very optimistic and a very kind of pro conference going forward. I think this is showing that, you know, th this is a. Uh, a very valuable asset to have um, for you know business owners to basically display their companies, showcase to the world what they're offering. And as a consumer who's basically looking for like that new kind of innovative technology, I think it's a, a great platform for that. So I'm really kind of um, really impressed with what they've done here. And do you think that other trade shows are going to follow suit? Will this be the no the new norm, the new approach to, uh, to 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 trade shows? I think for the time being, I mean, I, I think to get really to get people attracted and get to get that, get that foot traffic back on kind of where it was. I mean, I think it'll take some time. It reminds me of just air travel. Remember how hesitant people were to fly, and then the airlines really just stepped up to make sure that you know people were you know abiding by these protocols. I think this is going to be no different. It might take a little time for people to kind of get comfortable going back to a, a crowded conference scene. But I think it's going to come back. I mean, it might take some time, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, Alex, I was excited to have you join us here today because uh, we've been talking about all things infection prevention here at HIMSS, but uh, we haven't had the perspective of the capital markets. Why don't you tell our viewers what uh, DW Healthcare Partners is all about and, sure. and what, what you're doing here at HIMSS? Sure. We're, we're, we're a North American healthcare private equity investors. Uh, we've been around since 2002. We have about a billion and a half in capital under management. Um, we run the gamut in healthcare. We invest across the healthcare spectrum, everything from healthcare services, product companies, consumer healthcare, and uh, we do these we do these conferences as a way to get a lay of the land to see kind of what new and exciting technologies are out there, what type of uh, exciting investment opportunities are available, to uh, meet and kind of nurture relationships that we've kind of uh, you know had over the years with with you know founders and business owners like yourself. So um, it's just a way for us to kind of really get in front of companies. Um, so I think there's a lot of um, you know, there's a lot of kind of strategic interest in these in these these types of conferences because it's a way to meet face to face. And I think, from a you know from a perspective of basically saying you know why we like Zoom and you know Microsoft Team calls, there's nothing that really replaces like face to face meetings. And I think from that perspective, to back to your question earlier, that's another reason why I'm very bullish about these types of conferences because nothing can replace that kind of human interaction. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
Um, how has COVID impacted the investment strategies that you're making at your firm, or have you seen uh, a shift in investment strategy in, in other firms within your industry? Any impact uh, from your perspective? I think, you know, early on, you know, the first half of 2020 was uh, somewhat of a write-off from, a, let's say, a private equity perspective because there weren't a lot of deals getting done. A lot of processes that were, you know, um, being run by the investment banks were put on hold indefinitely just because the, the fallout from COVID was really just so, there was so much uncertainty in the market. So a lot of companies um, really, or a lot of firms basically kind of turned internally to make sure that their, their existing portfolio companies were well capitalized. And then starting to probably be like June, July of last year, kind of everything went parabolic. When people had a better handle of um, what was happening with COVID, um, a lot of these businesses came back online. A lot of these companies that had uh, businesses built around elective-based procedures, you know, suddenly were basically had this huge kind of backlog of activity and they came back online. Um, so I think there's still, there, there's still a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of companies that were able to, you know, pre-COVID, maybe they weren't doing so well and they were able to basically pivot into COVID-related services. They've done extremely well. Um, and on the flip side, there were definitely businesses that, you know, maybe uh, weren't as fortunate um, and weren't able to basically pivot during COVID, right? Um, so I, I think it really just depends on an industry by industry um, basis at this point. Now, you mentioned that during COVID, deal flow was affected. Uh, what really contributed to that? Is it that you, you have to look someone in the eye and shake their hand when you're giving them a big check? Yeah. Or is that uh, what, what really was the... I think it was just the uncertainty because there was, yeah. you know, you're talking about, you know, do you want to sell your business in a down year or do you want to wait, you know, give it another year to see, kind of make sure that a lot of that volume, that, that sales volume returned. So I think that was a big part of it. Um, just the uncertainty. Um, Real, I mean, From the, the investor's perspective, the uncertainty as well. Yeah, you know, exactly. If this is good and it's just a bump, or yeah. if it's bad and it's just a phase, right? Exactly. Is it kind of um, you know a one-time kind of is it a is it a one kind of one-off event that's basically going to impact the company um, long-term? Like, what what are the long-term effects of this? So, coming to a valuation for a company when you know there's this one year of kind of this this aberration of a year, how do you how do you value a company based on that one year, right? So. I've, I've even heard of like things like, you know, these one-off adjusted numbers. You know, if you're looking at like financials, for example, you know, there's EBITDA adjust, or sorry, not, I should say COVID adjusted numbers, right? So we've seen a lot of that um, in, in our world. Um, and we've seen a lot of businesses who maybe they were doing okay pre-COVID and suddenly they had this huge surge in volume, sales volume, and suddenly they want to sell their business. So again, pre-COVID they were okay. And suddenly like, you know, you see their, re their revenue double, triple, quadruple, and they want to sell their business now. Of course they do because right. they've had this huge COVID bump. And how do you value a business like that? You know, is that, is that volume going to stay there or is COVID, you know, is this COVID volume going to basically slowly kind of trickle away? So give them the money out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now you're here at HIMSS and you're looking at healthcare technology. Yep. Is there a particular sector or some sectors that your company is keeping its eye on or focused on or the particular uh, industry sectors that you were looking for here at Hibs? Yeah, I think, you know, just broadly speaking, obviously there's a, there's a huge opportunity in healthcare technology. Telehealth obviously remains um, a yeah. super high growth industry. Um, COVID really accelerated adoption, obviously. Um, other areas that we really like, um, you know, re remote patient monitoring, I think is super interesting. Um, I think re uh, revenue cycle management um, everything, obviously, with your company, infection control is super interesting to us. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, uh, tailwinds there that will basically, you know, be part of the industry for, for, you know, many years to come. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity in those spaces. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen here moving into the future? You think there's going to be a, a big bounce back in uh, 
in private equity capital deployed into the healthcare market. Um, what do you see as the trends moving forward? I mean, I, didn't, I mean, maybe I'm a bit biased, but I, I don't think I've ever seen um, uh, you know a, a slowdown in basically deployment of capital. If anything, COVID is really you know if you look year over year of where basically money is being allocated, there was just you know pen, uh, private equity firms have to deploy capital. You know, they're investing on behalf of pensions and fund to fund and uh, you know their their LPs, so they have to basically perform. So there's you know if you have a half of year half a year where basically you couldn't deploy capital. Um, suddenly there's this mad rush to basically start investing. So I think that's what we're seeing right now. Um, you know, you're seeing the, the public markets at record valuations. You have this, uh, a lot of dry power, a couple trillion dollars sitting on the sideline of institutional money year over year. All that's driving kind of a huge demand for healthcare services, right? right. Products and services. So I think there's, there's a lot of tailwinds there, right? That are really just carrying this demand forward. Yeah, well, you heard it there, Alex Bronstein, tailwinds and capital available in the healthcare tech market. That's right. Alex, thanks for being on our show. Appreciate you being here. Until next time, I'm Brad Witchers. This has been Clean Talk. I'm reminding you to keep it clean.